night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go Beyond Reality. Good evening, good morning, and welcome. It's Beyond Reality Radio. I'm J.V. Johnson, your host tonight. Jason has the night off. Uh, thank you for being here. Uh, I'm still reeling from last night's program when we were talking with John Barber about the Garrison Tapes. And the information that he has been instrumental in releasing as it relates to Jim Garrison's work on the JFK assassination. If you haven't had a chance to check that out, look for John Barber's YouTube channel and uh, get uh, get an education as to what he's uh, talking about and the new information that he's been releasing. Uh, it's really in- interesting stuff as this, what we consider to be one of the um, greatest controversies and conspiracy discussions of all time, I would say, of course, the JFK assassination. Very few people believe the official account. Uh, but tonight, that's not what we're going to be talking about. We will be talking about YouTube some more. Um, but we're going to be talking with Jody Dean. He's been on the program previously. He's got a uh, YouTube channel called, called Hunting the Dead. And he is a paranormal YouTuber. We're going to be talking about his techniques, what he does, how he does it, and some of the uh, amazing evidence he claims to have captured on his YouTube channel, including a full-bodied apparition walking by as he was doing his live YouTube stream. That'll be in the first hour of the show. In the second hour of the show, Ronnie Dawson will join us. And uh, Ronnie is a UFO experiencer, a, an alien contactee, an author, a uh, home invasion survivor from an alien home invasion, um, also an alien sexual encounter survivor, and finally a dimensional Stargate experiencer. So we have uh, a tremendous amount of things, number of things to talk to Ronnie Dawson about in the second hour of the show, and we will be doing that, of course. Uh, tomorrow night will be a best of here on Beyond Reality Radio. And Monday, Jason McLean will join us. Jason is a biblical paranormal researcher. He'll be talking about the existence of UFOs and cryptids like Bigfoot that actually validate the narrative that's found within biblical texts. That'll be an interesting discussion. Tuesday night, Brian Keating, an astrophysicist, will be here to talk about the biggest questions. Now, what are those questions? Things like, how did the universe begin and evolve? How will the universe end? How did life begin? And how did consciousness arise? I'd say those are pretty big questions. That's uh, Tuesday night's program. So you can see we've got a great week ahead of us as well. Uh, If you get a second and you're listening to this show um, on radio or as a recorded podcast, uh, jump over to the YouTube channel and just subscribe to it. It's uh, JV Johnson on YouTube. If you need the full address, it's youtube.com slash C, the letter C, slash J.V. Johnson. And you'll find a whole archive of paranormal stuff there, plus some other things that we post and do. And you'll get, if you click the little little bell icon, you'll get notifications of when we broadcast live or upload a video. Uh, Also, swing by the Facebook page, J.V. Johnson on Facebook, and Beyond Reality Radio on Facebook. A lot of great stuff going on there as well, and we appreciate you being part of it. So we're going to take a break, come back, and when we do, we'll have our first guest, Jody Dean, paranormal YouTuber, coming up on Beyond Reality Radio. Please support the program. Go to patreon.com slash Johaw. That's J-O-H-A-W. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. 
We'll take your phone calls later in the program. Um, we're going to uh, divide it into two segments, though, because we have two guests. So in the second half hour of this hour, we will take your calls, and then we'll take them again in the second half hour of the second hour. I think that math is easily done. Our guest, uh, first guest anyway tonight, is Jody Dean. Jody is a returning guest to the program. He's a paranormal investigator, and he's taken his investigations to YouTube. His YouTube channel is called Hunting the Dead. His website is HTD for Hunting the Dead, the number four life, HTD4life.com. Jody, welcome back to Beyond Reality Radio. Great to have you here. JV, how are you, man? Thanks for having me back. I'm doing great. What have you been up to since you've been on the program? Oh, man, a uh, lot's happened in that time. But I, I remember that episode very well. I, uh, I enjoyed it. A lot of people enjoyed it. Uh, since then, uh, the channel has grown pretty pretty crazily. Uh, about to hit 7 million views here. Wow. And that's really just a little under two years of posting my paranormal stuff on YouTube. Uh, so it's been a ride. Yeah, that is uh, that is quite a ride. I mean, I dabble in YouTube myself, so I know what those numbers mean. What's your s- secret? Is it just because there's so many people interested in the content, or are you just a, a, a masterful promoter? Um, well, you know, it's, it's crazy. I do have a, a bit of uh, a background in marketing and promoting. I owned a promotion company for seven and a half years, but nice. I would say I definitely utilize some of those skills in, in, in coming to the platform, but really it's just always been putting out real content, good content, and, and constantly trying to, um, you know, capture the most compelling paranormal evidence. And I've been very fortunate, man, to really document some amazing stuff. And I think that's what it is. You know, it's just like how they say in the music business, if you got a hit song, it sells itself. And I don't think yeah. YouTube's too much different. If you got, if you got the right stuff out there, man, they'll, they'll come and I've been I've been blessed to have them come to my platform. So. Yeah, you um you've been doing it a couple of years, but you've been a paranormal investigator and interested in the paranormal for longer than that. How'd that get started for you? Yeah, so uh, I've been in the field for a little over nine years now. Um, once upon a time, I didn't believe in ghosts or anything like that. May have shared that before when I was on the show, but uh, you know, I, I found the paranormal. I quickly became addicted to it, and. Uh, I I would always make videos of my investigations, and I never really shared them with anybody. And a few years ago, my wife, uh, you know, we had a friend of ours that was doing really well on YouTube. I mean, just changed this guy's entire life. And she said, you know, I bet people would really dig what you do. Why don't you start uploading it? And uh, that's, you know, she just that small little talk, it made me start a channel up and uh just like anything i do i take it really seriously i came to the platform and uh you know just found a bunch of people like myself that love the paranormal and uh we live it we breathe it and that's pretty much how this ride has went man (laughs) yeah um when you did your initial initial paranormal investigating did you do that in a group individual by yourself How, how did you normally go out and do that no, um, you know, I've, I've always been uh, a one-man band, and I've always kind of preferred that. Occasionally, you know, I like to bring a, a witness along or a skeptic, probably my favorite, you know, somebody that doesn't believe, I'll bring them out with me once in a while. Um, but I've always been by myself. I've never, uh, I've had a lot of people in the past ask me to join a group, and a lot of people ask me to, if they could join my no group, and <laughs> yeah. I just kind of always like doing my own thing, and uh you know, you get 
sometimes they can be good, but you know, you think about it, you get too many brains in one head. Everybody, uh, it gets a little cluttered, man. And so I've I've enjoyed being by myself, and it's really worked. What is it about the paranormal, specifically ghosts, that intrigues so many people? Uh, that that allows a, a, a topic like that where you have people, um, whether they're in the dark with flashlights uh, saying who's there or they're on YouTube like you are um, conjuring or, uh, experiences for people. What is it about this that fascinates so many? You know, I think it's um, I think it's, it's, it's like skydiving, man. You know, people get a rush from it. I think there's a secret rush for everybody about it, knowing that there could be things among you. Uh, which now I, I know for a fact that there are, but let's just say for the people that don't or people that think there's spirits around them or are not sure, I think that, you know, thinking, knowing that something else could be there, listening to you, watching you, we've all got that feeling before, man, where you feel like you're being watched. Uh, there's something about that that's dangerous, and and people, even the people that want to you know, live a safe life. They still want that danger. And, and I think that's, as, as kids, we love to be scared. We love to watch scary movies. We love to tell ghost stories in the dark. And, um, you know, I see it on my platform all the time, man. You know, if people will say, oh, that scared them so bad, but they keep coming back. They want more, and they always want you to push the bar. So it's a rush, I think, for a lot of people. It's a rush for me. Yeah, I mean, and I-, I still get as, as excited today as I did nine years ago when I captured my first EVP ever. The, um, the word danger, I think, I think probably people love danger as long as they're, they know they're somewhere safe. Ultimately it's the thrill, right. you know, it's the thrill of that. It's that adrenaline rush that you get when, um, you know, you, you, you there's this hint of, of, uh, danger, but you know, you're somewhere safe. Otherwise I think people would not go near it <laughs> if they were completely scared and, and thought they were in, in, in real harm's way of, in some fashion. But do you know of any, any cases other than somebody stumbling into something in the dark or tripping on something or whatever? Do you know of any cases where somebody's gotten hurt, uh, investigating the paranormal by an entity of some kind other than maybe a scratch? Absolutely. Um, I mean, besides myself, you know, I, I've, I've been really, really extreme to the point to where, um, you know, there. I, I picked up an agent this last year. He found me on YouTube. He liked what I did. Turns out this guy's produced tons of paranormal shows that are on TV, and he was the right guy to have on my side. And bottom line, we shot a pilot. We brought it to the network, and they loved me, but they said what we did was just too extreme. And that's kind of the rap that I've got in the field, man, is I'm an extremist. I'm a, a provoke to invoke. I, you know, I'm the type of guy that's going to crawl in an incinerator and do an EVP session in a place where people have been cremated. Um, you know, I, I, I just don't wear a bulletproof vest, and I go in to go hard. But I, I think that, uh, you, you know, there's something about this that is appealing to people um, when you're doing it like this, because there's so much stuff out there that's just just almost all the same nowadays in, in, in some aspects. You know, a lot of the stuff that's running on TV is great, but if you go to the YouTube platform, I mean, it all looks the same. So, mm-hmm. Your first real experience was um, capturing an EVP. Tell us how, how that happened. 
Yeah, um, the first experience capturing the EVP, I don't remember if I talked about this before, but um, I, I went to a cemetery, and it was just a cemetery that had all these haunted claims. And you know what actually got me interested to do it was I was watching shows back at that time, like Ghost Hunters, uh, I believe Ghost Adventures, whatever was on TV. And I and I didn't really believe in the paranormal, but I would watch the shows because they were interesting. So I said, you know, I'm going to grab a digital voice recorder and I'm going to go see for myself if I capture any of these things these guys are calling EVPs. So I go to the cemetery and, you know, it's a couple hours in and, and not a lot is happening. But all of a sudden, I get this urge to just break away from, uh, you know, my wife. At the, you know, at the time, I said, honey, just go to the car. I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to just do my own thing and see if that makes a difference. And I ended up by this memorial for, like, a Marine, you could say. And I asked questions that would relate to, you know, maybe how he served in the service. And I got my first response when I asked, uh, did you serve in the war? But I didn't know it because I heard it. I just all of a sudden felt this energy rush up on me. I got the chills like I had never had before. And I felt like there was something that I didn't understand that just came to me. Well, when I played back the recording, you could hear a response to my question. And there was nobody standing around me. It was just me. I said, was there anybody here that served in the war? And you hear a guy's voice just say, yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> and, and still to this day, man, I, can, I won't forget the tone of this voice. And I think that really said a lot that it had tone to the voice. And that was so appealing to me. It was like, it's my first time ever going out doing this. And I captured one of these voices. That was all it took, man. I became yeah. addicted. And um, actually, when I went home that night, I had my first attach, not attachment, had the first spirit ever follow me. And it was kind of weird because I, w- I didn't really know that much about the paranormal, but I knew that night I kept on feeling like I was being watched. And several times I woke up throughout the night and I would see what looked like a person standing in the doorway of my bedroom looking at me. And of course, I turned on the lights and nothing was there. But not only could I see it, I could feel it. And, and there was something about it. There you go again. It, it felt dangerous. It was a rush. It was exciting. And here we are nine years later. <laughs> yeah. The, um, you know, some people seem to have um, a, a better ability to connect or see or even attract uh, some of this activity. Do you think you're one of those people? You know, I do. Um, and, and, and not to blow my own head up, I think there's lots of people out there like that. But I do think that there are certain people that have more of a gift than others. Like, I think there's people out there that just have it. And I think there's people out there that have to develop it. And I feel like the way it took off for me and how quickly I became uh, to feel their energy and notice it and feel their emotions and, and, and see things. It was like once I opened up to it, it opened up to me. And it's been a roller coaster ever since. I mean, you know, still to this day, I still have new things happening to me, but I can feel it as soon as I walk in a location. It's almost like uh, I know which room to go to. All of a sudden, I can feel who I'm dealing with, 
I got a name coming to me. I've got a visual of what they looked like in their living life, um, how they died. My chest will start hurting, you know, and I and it I'll just I'll feel that maybe they died from a heart attack. But really, <laughs> this has just been happening since the beginning. Whenever I started this, um, within months, I, I felt like I was very good at it and. You know, you go back to watching people on TV, man, and you see those certain people in certain groups that stick out more than others. And yeah. I felt like I was that stick out guy. Yeah. Um, we're going to go to break here in just a minute. But when we come back, uh, one of the things that you're proudest of, uh, and we definitely are going to talk about, is you caught what would be considered the the holy grail of paranormal experiences, and that would be a full-bodied apparition. And you caught one. Was that on a live stream that that happened? Yeah, it was during a live stream here in my home. Wow. Okay, well, when we come back, we'll chat about that, plus a lot more. Remember, the YouTube channel is Hunting the Dead, and the website is HTD, the number four life. So Hunting the Dead, HTD4life.com. Check both of those out. We'll take a break. When we come back, more with our guest, Jody Dean. It's Beyond Reality Radio. Please support the program. Go to patreon.com slash Joha. That's J-O-H-A-W. Our guest in this first hour is Jody Dean. He is a paranormal investigator, and he does his work on YouTube. His YouTube channel is called Hunting the Dead. His website is HTD, the letter four, or the number four, I mean, life.com. And uh, before we went to break, we kind of teased something that is actually really impressive. Um, Jody, you know, any paranormal investigator who is serious about what they do is hoping at some point and and in most cases, never gets the experience of catching a full-bodied apparition. You not only caught one, but you did it during a live stream. Tell us what happened. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely the Holy Grail. Um, I was doing the live stream like I do every Thursday night on my channel, about 9.30 p.m. Eastern. And when it happened, I didn't actually even know that I had caught it. Um, I was doing a little bit of conjuring for people that don't know out there. I, I, I'm a part of the craft, and uh, I was doing some some basic candle magic. I was calling some things in, lifting the veil, putting some intention and energies out. Hey, Jody, Jody, yes. before uh, you continue here, you're fading in and out a little bit. I don't know if, if, uh, if you're moving the phone or you've got a mm-hmm. microphone or what, but it's kind of in and out. Is that a little bit better now? We got some bad weather here in Florida right now. Yeah, that's better right there. Okay, all right. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, I was doing a little bit of conjuring, uh, trying to see what I could bring in. Well, while this is going on, little did I know, as soon as I finished what I was doing, all of a sudden, I see people are going crazy in the chat, you know, in the live chat. And everybody's like, did you see that? Did you see that figure? There was just a figure. Um, the way people were describing it was it was like a, a tall figure that looked like a woman wearing a cloak or something, uh, carrying a lantern. It went right by my closet door. And I'm seeing all these responses, and I'm like, I'm dying to watch this back. But, you know, obviously I can't watch it back until it's all over. So I finish and everything, and... Um, about an hour later, I'm, I'm watching it, and sure enough, there was just, you know, we tried to debunk it. Uh, we spent hours that night just trying to see how could that be possible. Um, you know, cars driving by outside. No, there was nothing to create this uh, full-body figure 
detailed as, as I said people said it was. Um, it looked exactly like that, like a cloaked individual, Paul, carrying a lantern. And it's on my channel for people to see. It, it's pretty amazing. Um, not the first time that I've ever captured something full body, but it's the first time that I ever captured something this detailed. When you did that, um, obviously you must have had a sense of uh, satisfaction. Um, but as you went back and, and watched it over and over, uh, could you tell uh, who it was and, and maybe what the source of this was? You know, um, honestly, there was no way to tell because, as I said, I really didn't even know what had just happened. Yeah, but you, um, you did, I'm it. assuming you replayed it and watched it after the fact, right? I, I, I did. I did. Yeah. Um, as far as when it was happening, you know, I could feel all these different spirit energies. Uh, what that was, I don't know. But watching it, playing it back, looking at it, um, you know, it looked like an individual from another day, another time, long yeah. ago. And, and the creepiest thing about the thing was, was not only was it a full-body figure, but it, when I say it was carrying a lantern, there was an anomaly light that was at this figure's hand, and it looks just like a lantern. It's wow. the, I've never seen anything like it, honestly. And to be live, I mean, of course, people, you know, the biggest thing always in a lot of people's heads is, you know, is this being staged? What's right. going on? Sure. And that was the best validation I could have ever asked for was to be live. Or something. So did you, uh, do you do, did, was this caught in your studio? I know you do a lot of work in your studio. I'm not sure if you do all of it in your studio. I don't do all of it in my studio, but this was captured right here in my home where my studio is. Yes. Is your home a particularly active place, or is it the fact that you you, you go through certain rituals and, and conjurings uh, that makes it an active place? Um, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's very interesting. It's a little bit of all of it. Uh, you know, I do a lot of my craft here. I'm an everyday practicer. I, you know, not a day goes by that I don't practice my craft. I do a lot of conjuring, a lot of working with spirits. But then I have a lot of objects here, um, antique objects, you know, some that um, are, are a little scarce to, to, to many. A lot of things that uh, I believe to be haunted, uh, a lot of things that carry energy. And then my home happens to be built on a piece of property where all the neighbors in the in the neighborhood, when I moved in here, they said, man, so many relics have been found on that property, uh, you know, from Native American relics to uh, old war relics. So I think there's uh, something that drew me to this property at some point, and that was probably um, a spiritual decision to buy this place. Um, and, and, and it turns out that, you know, a gentleman actually passed away here too, and I believe I've been in communication with him. So you you put all this stuff, uh, it's like pouring gas on the paranormal fire, and, and it happens right here in the conjure room every Thursday night. Do you believe that uh, spirits are generally attached to a location and that's where they'll do all of their, um, I don't know, haunting is the right word. Certainly, uh, that's where they'll make their contact. Or do you believe that they'll move from place to place? I believe that they can move place to place. I believe that a lot of spirits realize that they're intelligent, but I think that a lot of spirits don't realize that they can move on. And I think that's why maybe so many houses, so many homes in certain places uh, remain haunted because 
you know, it's almost, you could call it a residual haunting if you wanted to. They just keep on reliving the, you know, that the only thing they know. Maybe the cemetery, the reason they stay there is because that's the last place they've seen their family. That's the last place right. they've seen their body before it went in the ground. Um, you know, the guy lived here all his life. He died here. Where else is he going to go? I mean, at least he feels maybe, okay, if any family were to come to see me, it's likely that they may come see me at the home I lived at all my life, you know? So I don't know. I think it's just a, a, a thing that they don't realize that they can do. And then I think there's spirits that probably do move around. Do you um, do anything different during your YouTube broadcast, uh, YouTube live stream versus what you might do in a, a different investigation where there was no stream or are you just pointing the camera and doing your thing? I, I, I do. It's a little bit different here at home because, um, you know, when I go to certain places, I feel it out what I'm allowed to do. I know if I'm going to somebody else's house, I need to be careful because I know they need to live there. Um, whenever I'm here, I know what I can deal with. I know how to handle these things. So with gloves off and, and it, things get pretty heated up here. I, I mean, there's nothing I won't do to get to where, you know, I'm trying to get to accomplish what I want to accomplish. Uh, so when I go out in the field, you know, um, unless I have that permission, uh, I, you know, kind of keep it contained. I know how to be a good little investigator when I need to be, but... <laughs> You know, I, I prefer to go out there and push all the buttons I can to get, you know, the most craziest responses. And I think that's really what's grown my channel the way it has because I've I've done it in such a different way. And, uh, you know, you got those videos that I have to tune it down a little bit depending on where I'm at. And then everybody knows, okay, well, if it's Thursday or a Tuesday night and I'm streaming – then, you know, we're going to take the gloves off. Do you find you get a lot of, um, I don't know if, what better word to use other than haters? Uh, any kind of uh, social media platform or online platform it seems to give people a lot of courage to say rather inappropriate or mean things. Do you get a lot of that? I do, uh, absolutely. I, you know, I almost think it's probably impossible to come to the platform and expect not to get it. Uh, the way I've described it, you know, to a lot of my people, because a lot of my fans and, and, and people, they get really offended when they see others come into live streams or leave comments that are negative, is, hey, guys, look, you could walk a perfect line. You could talk perfect, look perfect. People will find a way to put on their hater uniform and yeah. go to work. And, um, and, and yeah, I've, I'm, I'm probably one of the most hated on the platform. And I think that it has a lot to do, um, with being as extreme as I am, but also, uh, bringing to the table, you know, what I do, I've dealt with it pretty good. I mean, I've had, you wouldn't believe the kind of you could say haterism I, I I've had, you know, I've, I've had, uh, death threats, people tell me to go hurt myself. Um, and, you know, really, I mean, if you think about it, they're subscribed to my channel. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I, I've seen it on uh, since last year when I was on your show. I've seen some of the same haters I had back then still watching me now. So, I mean, really, what does that say? <laughs> right. Oh, I hate his guts. I wonder what he posted today. You right, know? right. Um, 
As you look at YouTube as a platform, uh, particularly when it comes to the paranormal, uh, do you think there's a value in uh, the fact that basically anybody can jump on uh, their own channel and start throwing videos up there? Is that a good thing or does that uh, create a lot of fluff in the category? No, I, I, you know, I, that's something I talk about a lot. I, I think it's a, it's a good thing and a bad thing, but it's probably more of a bad thing in all actuality because, um, especially when it comes to the paranormal, since it's about paranormal, I'll try and take it there. For example, there's a lot of prank YouTubers in the last years that were doing nothing but prank videos that realized how hot the paranormal scene is, and now all they do is paranormal videos but they're not real. They're fake. So what does that do, you know, for people like me that live and breathe this and others out there? Um, it, it creates a dirtied up platform because nobody knows what to believe. And that's why you have a lot more haters because they're used to being shoveled a certain something. And, um, and some of these guys, you know, they don't even try and hide it. Like they're, like they want you to know they're faking it. It's the weirdest thing. So I think it should be limited, man. I, I think that there should be at some point more of a screening, uh, depending on what you're doing, because um, that probably won't happen for the paranormal. But you know, there's this situation works in so many different aspects. There's people coming here, starting up channels that you can call them fake news, fake paranormal investigators, fake this or fake that. It's just a cluttered up platform at the moment but it's also good because anybody could come to this platform and change their whole life i know people that have become millionaires from their youtube channel i know people that uh lost their homes and lost their cars and within three months they were you know had a home paid off so it's just it's a benefit and it's also a problem nowadays do you um are you familiar with the changes that YouTube has made recently uh, regarding topics like things that would be considered paranormal or conspiracy or controversial at all? They, they've uh, throttled them back a bit as, as far as how they can be promoted and how they will show up in recommended videos. You familiar with what's going on with that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I will say this, surprisingly, my channel has not been hurt by it yet. Um, I don't know if that could come in the future. I know other people that have been hurt by it. I think one of the hardest things that's come to the platform that's really hurt uh, a lot of YouTubers is YouTube not letting certain people's videos be uh, monetized. They are demonetizing a lot of videos depending on what the title is, what the thumbnail is. Yeah. Uh, and it, again, surprisingly, my stuff being pretty extreme I've got over 700 videos on my channel and I can count, you know, probably only 20 are demonetized, um, which is, you know, I would have thought it would have been a lot more because, you know, I do have some pretty out there stuff, but at the same time, uh, it's not, it's not that bad. Um, I'm, I'm actually glad they do that. Cause you know, there are, my following is a lot of 18 to, uh, to 40, but there's a lot of YouTubers out there, you know, no matter if they're adults or not, they're following or, or, or kids. So I think it's a good thing that they're doing it. Um, and we just need to be more conscious about what we're putting out. So what else do you have coming up? Um, anything 
non-YouTube related TV special appearances, anything like that? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, I'm going to be on uh, season two of Paranormal Caught on Camera on the Travel Channel. Um, I actually, uh, I mentioned earlier, and I, I, I kind of should have asked you to repeat your question because I think I got lost in telling you about something else. But um, in January, we had submitted a, a pilot that we had shot, and they said they loved me. They wanted us to go back to the drawing board and come up with something else. And we've done that now, and it, it seems like that's going in the right direction. We don't, you know, have any confirmation if it's going to air. But, uh, you know, we've had a budget released, and I think that that's a big deal right there because, uh, you know, it's usually you shoot the pilot, and then they'll say, hey, if they're going to release the budget to shoot a season, and then that season has to go in front of a board and say if they're going to run that so we're we're past the pilot stage, and uh, it looks like we're moving forward with something. So there could be a show in the future. I'm not sure. You know, you can only say certain things about that. Uh, but I do get the appearance on Paranormal Con on camera, and the channel's doing good. So my main focus is YouTube for right now. And um, you, um, what do you recommend for people who are just getting into the paranormal and they just want to start paranormal, paranormal investigating? We've got, you know, about a minute here. What do you, what kind of recommendations do you give them? Um, try and watch as many videos, learn as much as you can about the field, uh, how devices work, uh, feel things. Don't pay attention to everything you see and everything you hear. What do you feel? Do you feel that that's a loved one? Do you feel um, that that's evil? Really try and hone in on what you feel because um, that that's everything. That's how I started out. I felt things so uh, amplified, and I think that was what led me in the direction of being a strong investigator. Because if you show fear, then you will have you could have uh, paranormal problems, and you'll be calling me. <laughs> and uh, one more time, give out the YouTube channel, your website, and anything else you want people to know uh, that they can reach you at. Uh, my YouTube channel is huntingthedead.com. That'll take you to the front page of my YouTube. As you mentioned earlier, htd4life.com will take you to my home website where I got merchandise and I book sessions and other things like that. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty easy to get to. Jody, thanks so much for coming back to the program. Awesome. Thank you, JB. appreciate it. Great to have you here. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, um, we'll wrap up this hour, and we'll get ready to bring in our next guest. Jody Dean will be joining us, or excuse me, (laughs) we just had Jody here. Ronnie Dawson will be joining us in the second hour of the program, talking about his alien uh, contact and abduction experiences, plus alien sexual encounters. A lot of things to talk about with Ronnie Dawson. Did you know that online retailers like Amazon have constant deals that can save you money on the things you buy every day? It's no joke. Save 40%, 50%, even 80%. On great products, and all you have to do is know about them. Noodle Shark is the way to be alerted when something good is coming your way. Noodle Shark is the social media page that lists great deals that not only save you money, but give you the deals before anyone else has them. All you have to do is find Noodle Shark on Facebook. Search it as The Noodle Shark. That's The Noodle Shark because you deserve to save too. Become a shark and save. Good evening, good morning, and welcome. It's Beyond Reality Radio. I'm your host, JV Johnson. Jason has the night off tonight, and uh, we're in the middle of a a terrific show of course uh our second hour will feature ronnie dawson and ronnie is um, a ufo experiencer and alien contactee he's an author he's uh, also an alien home invasion survivor 
an alien sexual encounter survivor, and a dimensional Stargate traveler or experiencer. We're going to bring him in in just a few moments here on the program. Uh, I'll look ahead for you. Friday night, we always have a best of, and uh, Monday night, Jason McLean will be here. Jason is a biblical uh, paranormal researcher. He says the existence of UFOs and cryptids like Bigfoot actually validate the narrative found within the biblical texts. And then on Tuesday, Brian Keating, who's an astrophysicist, will be with us to talk about the biggest questions facing man. Things like, how did the universe begin and evolve? How will the universe end? How did life begin and how did consciousness arise? Very, very deep questions. And that'll be Tuesday night's program. So a lot of great stuff coming up. Stop by my YouTube channel if you haven't done that. It's JV Johnson on YouTube. Uh, my Facebook page is also just JV Johnson. Stop by both of those places, like and subscribe. Uh, if you have a minute and you're listening to this, the program on a station, a radio station around the country, drop them a line and say thank you. We do appreciate their uh, membership in the affiliate family. And we're looking for more stations to become affiliates. So if you've got one in your area that doesn't carry it and you're listening online and you'd like to have a radio station option, let them know about the show. Go to their website. Just click, I'm sure they have a contact button. Just click on that and send them a note. Say, hey, great talk show. We'd love to have you uh, carry beyond reality radio on the station. Um, that's the way we get the word out, and that's the way we, we spread uh, this information that we talk about on the show nightly. And then a final note, if you do watch the YouTube streams or you listen to the podcast, share it on your social media, please. Let other people know about the program in any way that you prefer. Um, we are live Monday through Friday nights, uh, midnight to 2 a.m., or excuse me, Monday through Thursday nights, midnight to 2 a.m. Eastern. Friday night is always a best of. Um, but we enjoy being here, and our phone lines are open for our discussion with Ronnie Dawson once we get going here. Uh, so Ronnie is a UFO experiencer, an alien contactee. He's written about his experiences. Um, he's also an alien home invasion survivor, an alien sexual encounter survivor, and a dimensional Stargate experiencer. His book is called Ronnie Dawson UFO Starty Story, Alien Proof. Ronnie, welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. It's a pleasure having you here tonight. Yeah, thank you, JV. It's good to be here. I'm uh, live tonight from Ranger, Texas here. I'm, I'm actually sitting out in front of the house where the alien uh, invasion took place. Oh, so you're outside uh, in the same spot that you actually had the experience? I, it happened inside the house, but okay. uh, I'm I still live in the same house that it happened in. I never just moved out or anything like that. So. Well, well, as I introduced you, uh, I mentioned a lot of different things. Um, you know, alien contactee, alien sexual encounter, home invasion, um, all these things. Was it all in one single event, or did this happen over a period of time on several different occasions? Uh, it's, it's happened at several different occasions, and it's been happening since uh, 2009. Up until August seventeenth, August twenty seventeen was my last encounter. August seventeenth of twenty eighteen. Uh, twenty seventeen. Oh, I'm sorry, twenty seventeen. Okay, and it started in in twenty oh nine. And how frequent would these things uh, occur to you? How often would these visitors show up? I pretty much see something every year, about every year. Uh, Once a year. Sure, sometimes I go a year without seeing anything, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and. Uh, and and usually you never know what to expect, and you kind of let your guard down. Then all of a sudden, boom! There it is again. You know, uh, Ronnie, so, do, do you do you live alone, or did you live alone at the time these things started? I, I lived alone at the time of the alien home invasion. I, I had a girlfriend, but she was she had spent alone. She was going to college, so we we couldn't really get married until she 
she got her degree, and then we got married after she got her degree. And now they now they live with me at my home here in Ranger, Texas, the same home where the invasion took place. Yeah. Uh, so let's start with the very first experience you have, because obviously you, you probably never thought in your life that you were going to have one of these encounters. And then all of a sudden, in 2009, you did. Uh, tell us about that first encounter. Yeah, I mean, I work out in the oil field. I've been working out in rural areas uh, you know, most of my life out here, and I've seen everything you could see and everything I've seen was explainable. And so I was kind of a UFO skeptic, really, in, in about 2009. It was shortly after the uh, Stephenville, Texas mass sighting. And we started seeing strange lights moving around the trees and moving over the trees out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, there's no way it could have been drones or anything like that. There's nothing you could really explain it. And then it, they would just vanish. They'd go out. And, and it's it like you couldn't work nights without seeing something. It was like no matter where I was at, and, and that's what, it continued like that. It's almost like it, it's Every night I went out there and worked, I seen something, and uh, and then finally I, uh, something that was really a wake up call because that was just mysteriously trying to figure out what these strange lights were, and then uh, I seen a large array of lights, three lights broke off, and then I seen a blue beam go down to the ground, and uh, and I was driving my truck down the highway, and I was looking at all this going on, and then I looked at the blue beam, and and inside the blue beam, about thirty feet off the air, was a cow in the light being lifted and it was whipping its head from side to side. And wow. man, that was a big wake up call there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to back you up a little bit here. Uh, you said you would, as you were working every night, you would see stuff and other people were seeing things. These were just lights in the sky. Yeah. They were just, they were strange. They were large areas of dim light that would come on. And sometimes they would sequence. Sometimes they would drop to the ground, sit a few seconds, and then pop back up 100 feet, and then another one might join it, and both of them disappear together. And other times you'd see them gliding over the trees. And it was, I feel that I was filling out MUFON reports almost every week, yeah. and I had a MUFON investigator out there. And he, and he called me, and he goes, man, he goes, one passed out over the top of my head. He goes, what is that? I said, I can't imagine what it is. I, ain't nothing I can think of can explain it. When you were seeing these lights moving around, coming down and touching the ground and taking off, were they close to you or was it in the distance? I know Texas is rather flat in most places, so was it, you know, you could see things quite at quite some distance. How close were they? They were probably within a quarter to a half a mile. And and when you see the light, it almost looked like a star in the distance in the, in the night sky, but all of a sudden it would start moving. And then you could see, well, it, it looks like a star, but it's not. It's, it's something much closer and, and, you know, then it just kept getting weird. And, and then I started, after I started seeing life for a while, then I started seeing craft. And some of these crafts I see in the late afternoon and stuff. And, uh, and it was like, and one, one of the craft I, I, I got a good look at during the late afternoon, it was still daylight. Uh, it was over a rural farm home that was like a vacation home off out in somebody's private land. And, it looked like the place was on fire, and I was thinking about calling the fire department. But as I got closer, I seen it was a black cloud over the house, and then all of a sudden, these this array of four lights came on and sighted. And these were the same large bluish lights that I had been seeing the whole time. And then that, when I seen this thing, it started moving off, and I was actually following it down the road in my truck in the late afternoon. And then it went from being a black; it was so black and hazy that. Uh, even if you had a really good camera, it would have it would not have taken a good picture of it because I don't know if it was a magnetism around the thing or what it was, or maybe their stealth wasn't quite working right or something. And then finally, it just 
I believe it was still there, but it just kind of went invisible. You just, it just, it went to clear sky, you know, it just blurred and then it just, it was gone. And I had a feeling it was still there, but maybe their stealth was working. Let's go back to you driving home after you'd been seeing these lights for a while. You're driving home and you see a craft with a blue beam. And in that blue beam, you see a cow being raised and the cow is thrashing its head around. Um, tell us how that story plays out. Well, yeah, I was digging around my truck trying to find the camera because I didn't have a camera in the truck. We have a crash camera in that truck, and I was really wanting to get a picture of this, you know. MUFON had been harassing me, too, like, man, you're seeing some of the stuff. Get some pictures. you got to get some pictures. And uh, so I was digging around the truck trying to find this accident camera, and then I was I was looking at what was going on, and I was digging around for the camera, and then there was also something standing on the ground. It looked like a bobblehead doll, and it had this green light around it. It looked like a, a really skinny human being with a large head. And all this was probably a quarter mile out in the field, and the Japanese TV actually did a story on this thing. They come out and to the original site and location, and they and they did a 15-minute episode of Caught on Camera featuring this sighting here. And uh, But anyway, you know, I... I wanted to stop and watch it, but I was I was afraid I might be next, so it, it scared the crap out of me. So sure. I really just I really just wanted to get the heck out of there at this point, <laughs> and and so you know, and then it was like ever you was you'd always see something. I always see something. I work Wednesday and Thursday nights. So I only work two nights a week. I work three days and then I work two nights, and then it was like you couldn't go after. On a Wednesday and Thursday night, without coming seeing something, seeing some lights or seeing a craft, and so I came up with this idea that I had seen I'd seen a craft that the one I was telling you about over the house, and then I'd seen another craft at night, and this time I had a camera with me. I was determined to get a picture of it. I I seen it, and I acted like I didn't see it because I was, I figured if, they're, if I'm watching them, they're probably watching me. And I and I grabbed this camera off my dash, and I jumped out with the camera. And before I could get the camera up, this thing tilted and just disappeared. And I, wow. I was so frustrated, yeah. man, trying to catch some evidence of this stuff. Yeah. And when you see it and you can't get the evidence, you can't get the picture of it. It's just really frustrating, you know. Um, but the thing was, that was two sightings in seven days. So I contacted this buddy of mine named Alan Cecil. I said, man, you got to help me. He said, I've, I've got this idea. I said, I've seen two UFO craft in seven days. On the, I said, I have a pretty good feeling that they're either following me, they're tracking me, or doing somehow or another. But every time I go out here, I'm, I'm seeing them. And I said, I, I want you to have, I, have, I had an idea. I had this this 250-watt, uh, milliwatt green laser. It's almost like a classroom pointer. And I said, I, I said, what I'd like to do is we can, if we can get another craft, we'll shine this laser near the craft. You can video, you can video record me with the camera shining the laser thing. We'll see if this class propulsion system will cause that light beam to bend. If the fabric of time and space is bent, I'm thinking that the, it would show that the this laser light would show to bend as well. And he agreed to help me. And so we went up to his place, which is kind of out at the edge of the country, and we heard some jets and didn't see anything. And then all of a and I, I, I was, didn't think we was going to see anything. And all of a sudden, he's the one that sent me. He goes, my God, look at that. What is that? And I looked, and I said, that's it, man. So I started shining this green laser around this thing. I did not get the beam deviation that I was hoping to get. And then when I got my courage up, because I was afraid they might misinterpret what I was doing with this laser, we might 
UFO painted up as two piles of ashes on the ground. When I shined the laser right on the UFO craft, and nothing, it just like it absorbed the beam. It didn't reflect off of it. You couldn't, you know, it just, everything, when I shined it on it, it just is almost like it absorbed it. Wow. It didn't reflect or anything off of it. And I looked over at him and I said, my God, I hope you're recording all this. And he was standing there just gawking at the UFO, just like, he's like, my God, what is that? And I'm like, dude, the whole point of you being here was you're supposed to have been recording this, you know? You're supposed, to, you're supposed <laughs> to have this camera up and running the whole time we're doing this test and stuff. And it's three foot from him, which is why I was frustrating. But he had never seen a UFO before, you know? So I understand he was in shock, you know, of what we were looking at there. And he's... These big lights came on inside this thing, and then, and so I ran for the camera, and he ran for the camera, and by the time we got the camera and opened it up, it, the thing just blinked out, just gone. Mm. Talking about frustrating. Yeah, that's very frustrating. Um, as this, all this stuff started when, in back in the in the in the early days of this, when you just started seeing lights around, uh, how many people do you think were seeing these lights? Was it a lot of people? There was quite a few people that were seeing the lights, and, and they've seen these lights all over the all over the country in this area over here around Stephenville and Langoville and and I mean Rising Star area and around Brownwood area. There's all sorts of people seeing them, and nobody's really got an explanation for them. And I've seen many of them that are posted uh, on YouTube and stuff, and you know nobody. Can, there's people try to explain them off as whether well, military players, but here's the problem with military players. Is the sky is so clear? You could I could see aircraft thirty miles away. There was no aircraft associated with any of these lights anywhere near it. There's nothing you could think of that would explain why they should be there. Uh, I could see planes, you know, thirty miles away, but there's nothing around where these lights are appearing. So it's certainly not military players. And and other people see them. And I asked some of these guys out there in the area that I'm seeing a lot of them and and. You know, one farmer said, "Well, he said I'm I'm seeing it's 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 uh, military helicopters doing night exercises out here," and I'm going, eh, "Probably not." You know, this is there's a whole lot better places to do military exercise, and even 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 a military helicopter has to have running lights on at night in in civilian airspace. You know, you just can't run around out there with you know, any kind of lights on. Yeah. And and they also we were been in such a drought out here that military agreed not to drop flares after well, some of their flares uh, started fires out here. So the, the military stopped dropping flares around here a long time ago. Yeah. So, so what we're going to do here, we have to go to break. But when we come back, I want to start getting into uh, your personal experiences when these things actually started to approach you and invade your home and make it a much more personal experience for you our guest is ronnie dawson his book is called ronnie dawson ufo story uh alien proof uh we do have a link to it in our um in our description of the program or you can find it on amazon so uh we will take our break we'll come back we'll have more discussion with ronnie plus we'll take your phone calls at 844-687-7669 it's beyond reality radio please support the program go to patreon.com slash joha that's j-o-h-a-w Welcome back to Beyond Reality Radio. I'm JV. Our guest this hour, Ronnie Dawson. We're talking about his experiences, and they're numerous when it comes to alien contact and more. And we've been listening to Ronnie tell his story, and we've gotten to the point where things start are starting to heat up a little bit, Ronnie. Um, 
from where you left off and what you were talking about, um, seeing these craft and seeing the blue lights, uh, they started to become a little more common. At what point do they actually approach you at your home? Well, actually, it was the next night, the very next night. I, I kind of take it that they, maybe they didn't like me shining a laser at their, their craft. So I, I came home from work the next day, and the uh, first thing I noticed was that there was a hole, uh, like, chewed in my bathroom, one of my bathroom floors, and my cat that's living with me in the house is missing. So I... I looked into the house, and I heard the cat, and I recovered the cat, and then I got some heavy uh, tin and passed the hole, and I was really frustrated. I don't even, I couldn't imagine how a declawed cat could even make a hole in my floor like that, but I didn't think anything about it. But uh, I went to bed that I went to bed that night, and uh, I left. I always leave a bunch of lights on where I can go to the the kitchen get a drink, and I can go to the bathroom without falling over stuff. So I I leave lights on. I'd, I'd no sooner laid down in bed, and then all of a sudden I heard I heard stuff shuffling around in the kitchen. I heard stuff breaking. I heard cabinet doors opening, and I tried to get out to go check it out. And the first thing that's coming to my mind is this cat is really making me mad today because he's done messed up my floor. Now he's breaking stuff. But the thing is, I, when I tried to get up out of bed to go see what was going on, I couldn't move. I was It was like something had me pinned in that oh, bed. Really? It was like... I just, I was stuck in that bed, and I looked out the door, and I seen the cat standing in the doorway, and he was looking real concerned back towards the kitchen where the noise was coming from, so I knew immediately it wasn't the cat, and for some reason, I'm pinned in this bed, and I can't move, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, man, am I having a heart attack? What's going on? You know, I've never... Did you see anything that might be holding you or restraining you? There was nothing, no light or anything like that. It, but it was cert- something certainly restraining me. It was, it was almost like it was my brain. I could think clearly, but my body could not respond to the messages my brain was sending my muscles to act. It was like I just couldn't. Do it. it felt like something was, and it, and the more force, the harder I fought it, the more force to use to keep me in place. And, it, I mean, it, to the point that it really hurt, and then if you really tried real hard, it would affect your breathing, and, and it was almost like it would try to give you a heart attack. And and my cat's looking towards the noise, and then the cat runs in there in the bedroom where I'm at, and jumps up on the bed with me, and, and I'm thinking, man, the cat is moving around fine, like there's no problem with him, but I'm pinned in this bed, and I can't do anything. Hmm. It's, you know, it's very odd. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I see the street, Go by the door, and it, whatever it is, it wasn't big, but it was small, and it was fast. A streak of light, or like a streak one. of light, or like a shadow. It was almost like a. It was like a moving shadow. Okay. I mean, you could not see it clearly. It was just a blur. It was moving so fast, it was a blur. It moved. It went by, and then it went back, and then I seen a second one come in there, and then I seen the thing move across. It ran across my vertical wall. If you can imagine that, and I'm going, okay, this is not, you know, I live in an area where there's a bunch of squirrels. I have pecan trees all around my house, but, you know, I think I'm I'm kind of hoping that it's squirrels, but, but it's not. When I seen it run across that vertical wall, like it, like gravity didn't apply to it, I knew right then that this, this is something paranormal. This is nothing that can be explained. And the fact that I'm pinned in this bed... Uh, you know, it's, it can't be good. Yeah. These things, I watched these things running back and forth, and I heard them breaking stuff, and I heard them opening drawers and cabinets. And you and couldn't stuff. get out of bed the whole time. And I could not get up to save my life. And the cat was sitting on the bed like it, he wasn't affected at all. And 
And I couldn't see these things because they were moving so fast. I actually seen one run up the wall, and he pushed off the ceiling and run right back down the wall. And I'm like, my God, what could do that? And then I seen there was one came in. It was just a blur. He came in on all fours real low, and then he stopped right in the doorway, and he stood up. And this thing had to be about two feet tall, and it had these weird-looking arms. It had a, like an exoskeleton on it. It 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 had a face like an old man, but it had like his his uh, shell on it, and it and the shell itself actually had what looked like thorns on a thorn bush. Like wow. if you had a Vagnus thing, it would have, would have really hurt your hand. And he stood right in front of the doorway, and I got a good look at him. And I'm going, my God, you know, you, you guys just do whatever the hell you want. Just stay out of here. You know, just please yeah. don't come in here. That's what right. I'm thinking. Just right. You can ransack my house all you want. Just stay out of here. But that didn't happen. And the other two, they seemed like they were like having a game of chase. They were like, instead of opening stuff, they were chasing each other around. And this this one, he'd, he stopped. And he, he, he stood up from all four to two legs, and he looked over at him, and then it was almost like he had scolded him somehow because all of a sudden they went back to searching drawers and cabinets again. How long was this this whole thing take? Uh, was this hours or minutes? No, it was the whole pro- the whole thing probably didn't didn't last maybe ten minutes. Okay, it was probably ten and, minutes was off. And when and when you finally could move, had everything disappeared? Had all of those creatures uh, left at that point? Well, no, no. That they he, they started searching everything again, and then all of a sudden he looked at them a second time, and all three of them were underneath the bed where I was at, and I was trapped in this bed. And then they started banging the bed, started jumping up about a foot and a half in the air, and then slamming back to the floor with me on it, and I'm just bouncing on top of the bed, and the cat takes off out the door, and he's sliding around the corner, and I didn't see anything take off after him, so I'm thinking at least one of us got away. I still I still can't do anything. I'm just bouncing on this mattress. They're up underneath the bed, and then I hear their, then I hear their claws tearing into the bed. They claw into the box spring. Oh, wow. I can, I can feel them clawing underneath the bed, and I'm thinking, man, they're going to kill me, you know? I, and I can't do anything. Were I'm they making? Were they I making? Yell, I were can't they, do anything. And yeah, finally, I decided, well, you know, they're going to kill me anyway. So, you know, I'm going to try to break free one more time. And I told myself, I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to break free. I got a golf club, a golf bag in the corner. I'm going to grab a club out of that bag, and I'm going to go to town on these guys. And I told myself, all right. So I gave it everything I had to, to fight the force that was holding me down there. And, and this time, it hurt me so bad. It hurt me so bad. It was almost like I almost had a heart attack. Wow. I couldn't hardly breathe. It hurt my chest, and 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 I just fell back. And I thought, I'm just completely screwed. Well, luckily they stopped clawing at the bed and they stopped bouncing the bed. They got to the actually got to the point where the laser was being kept and everything went quiet. And I thought, wow, I didn't even see them leave the room, but everything went quiet. And then all of a sudden, when they released me, it was like my body acted on the impulse that I had tried to do earlier. I screamed and cussed and jumped out of that bed, and next thing you know, I'm holding a golf club in my hand, and I'm pissed off. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I'm ready to go on an alien hunt. Well, I'm sure you have well, a, a ton of adrenaline flowing through your body as well. Yeah, because it had been like three minutes earlier when I had tried to do that, and yeah. couldn't. Mm-hmm. And it's all of a sudden, it's like they interrupted the signal between my brain and my muscles, and all of a sudden, when they, when they released me, 
that it was like my body was a robot acting on its own. And it freaked me out because I had tried to do that three minutes earlier and give up on the idea of being able to do it. And all of a sudden now my body is acting on an impulse that, that had happened three minutes earlier. So, But anyway, I was mad and I had the club in my hand, so I went on an alien hunt. I searched all the dark places and never, never saw anything. But every cabinet, every drawer, and the whole house was open. When they got to the point where the laser was being kept, the, the whole encounter stopped. So that led me to think that they had to been just investigating the laser. Yeah. The laser wasn't, it wasn't gone, but they had certainly opened the gun cabinet where I had the laser stores, and that gun cabinet was locked, and they had managed to open it. It was like they examined it, but they left it. Now, at this point, in this particular uh, incident and contact, you, other than being held on the bed, you weren't, uh, they didn't manipulate manipulate you or examine you or any of the, anything like that, right? No, nothing like that. Yeah, nothing like that. So um, I'm afraid that we're going to run out of time before we run out of story here because I know, well, I know. <laughs> you know, I, I did. We're going to have to move quickly here. I'm going to put something. I just you had some su- submitted some drawings and stuff too. What were they? Just so I can let people know what they are. That was uh, Yvonne Smith, a famous regression therapist out of California. I talked to her last last year at the Roswell UFO Festival, and, and she encouraged me to make some sketches of the things that I could not get pictures of. Right. Okay. In my encounter, so I, that's what I did. Okay, so so you had this first encounter. They were seems like pretty clearly they were just interested in that laser because you had used it uh, and tried uh, on them, uh, and they wanted to know what it was. I suppose. Uh, what happens next? When does this start to get to you know to the point where they are actually touching you and and really affecting you personally? Well, it was it was after that encounter. It was one year later. Uh, I hadn't seen anything for a whole year, and all of a sudden, uh, I was down in Coleman County working nights, and then all of a sudden, the craft approached me, and it's, this time, it scared the hell out of me. I mean, it came right on top of me. Big light came on underneath it. I seen something staring out of the compartment underneath it. Uh, it backed off. A military jet flew over, and about 10 minutes later, there's a, a mile-long mothership flew right over the top of my location. I watched it. It took three seconds to pass over. It looked like solid rock on the bottom of it. It had burn marks. It had craters like you'd see on the moon surface on it. And this thing was massively huge. And it was it was, it was was a V-shaped craft, and each leg of the V was probably a half mile long, and it took about three seconds to pass over. And I actually got a, I got a portion of the, some of the pictures you'll see are, are pictures of that big craft that, fly, that, that I caught in that flyover. When this thing took off, you could see the wind, like being it caused a vacuum in the air. It left so fast, and it went about a mile away, and then it banked back toward me. And this time, when it banked back toward me, I could see the surface of it. It looked like a city built on the surface of this thing. And on top of that, on top of that, where the city is at, we've seen like three or four different creatures on this thing that we've identified. And it had the oddest-looking structures and buildings and stuff you've ever seen. And it had blue growing power lines. And it, it, just, it was just amazing. I've got seven seconds of video footage of the left half of this craft. And in that in that footage, there is, a, like, a huge insectoid thing at one point. We've been working for years to get it cleared up. And this thing is 40 feet tall. And it almost looks like a T-Rex, a giant T-Rex. It's ar- it has arms that come out of its back. And, and the arms are so long that if this thing could reach through your windows and pull you out of your house, if it was here on here on planet Earth walking around. And it's scary stuff. Wow. Wow. And, I mean, you must have... Uh... 
been particularly frightened. I mean, you know, these things, first of all, you don't ever expect this to happen to you. Um, and, and then to have, have the first encounter and then have this continue like this, that must have really frightened you. Actually, I thought I thought I was fixing to be taken away. I really did. I, my legs were shaking so I wanted to run, but my leg, my knees were shaking so bad that I couldn't run. All I could do is hide and watch watch that small craft. It, it came, and I seen the disc blocking out the stars above me, and that's when it scared me because I was looking at the light in the compartment underneath the craft, and I had no idea that the, that the circular disc was moving above me. And it was straight above the edge of the craft was straight above my head, and I seen it blocking out the stars as it was moving toward me. And man, you're talking about it was a wake up call. It was scary, and my knees went to shaking so bad I couldn't do anything. Um, but I don't want to spend too much time on this. We've, yeah. we've talked about this before. The amazing thing is what happened. It was I did I did your show. I think the last show of 2016, okay. and, and shortly after that, uh, in 2017. My wife is going to bed. The first thing, weird thing that happened in 2017, my, my wife was coming to bed, the last one in my bedroom, and I was laying in there getting ready to go to sleep, and I had my eyes closed. I opened my eyes, and there was this white cloud over the bed, like a free-roaming vapor, like a like something that had been burnt or something. And I opened my eyes, and I seen this big old cloud of white smoke over the bed, and it freaked me out. I thought, man, something got burned, or what's going on? And I and I was fixing to raise up and see where it was coming from, and all of a sudden it just took off and it shot through the wall mm. and brought it in a, in a room with the light on. And I thought, oh, my goodness, it was right here at my house here in Ranger, the same house that the alien abduction took place. Yeah. And then August 2017, I, I was working nights, and I came home, and uh, like I said, I usually get off 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, I sleep till about 8, 9, 10 o'clock the next morning. So it's later in the morning. And uh, so I'm home and I'm sleeping from working the night before. And it's in the morning. Everybody is going, everybody's going to school. And, and my wife is my wife is up doing her thing. And I'm still in bed asleep. And uh, all of a sudden I had this dream that there was two women trying to pull me out of my body. And then I slipped out of their grasp and I went back. And I thought, my God, that's weird. And I didn't wake up or anything. And all of a sudden, I had the same dream again, I thought. And there was two women pulling on my arms, and they said, help us. And, said, and, and so I thought they were pulling me out of a manhole. So I, I helped struggle loose. And all of a sudden, you know, I, I got free. And I was standing there talking to them. And they said, we're sorry for disturbing your rest, but we need to have a conversation. And And they said, we're not. We're, we're from another another world. We've been watching your world, and we needed we need to have a conversation. And we're so sorry for disturbing your rest. And I looked. I was standing in my room, and and, and there's my body sleeping in the bed. And I'm looking. I'm actually standing in my bed up to my knees. Wow. And, and looking at my body sleeping in the bed, and they said we pulled. You know, they said this is a place that the people from our world watch your world. We've been watching your world for a while. And she goes, the people of our world are demanding to meet the people of your world, and we want to, and we need to have a conversation with you about how to tell the people of your world about about us without, you know, how to how to tell the people of your world about us. And uh, so we, I'm sitting there going, this is who are these people? But when I looked at one, she was about six foot six. She had blue skin. She had this big red ruby thing on her right cheek. And when I when and when I drew the sketch of her, and then I looked back at the pictures that I had taken in in the 
and the encounter of 2011, that I believe this is the same thing that is in the UFO craft. I took really? a picture in 2011 of the compartment of the UFO craft that scared me when I was working, and I believe this is the same gal. Wow. This is the same thing. And the other one, uh, she was extremely built, and she, and she had a nose of a cat. I mean, she looked like a humanoid, but... but when it comes to the tip of her nose and the tip of her mouth, they had a, she had a mouth like a cat. When I seen that, I was like, okay, this is not somebody pulling my leg. This is a real deal. You know, this is definitely odd. And so I'm sitting there, and the first thing I did, I wanted to walk back to my body and look down at myself. And then I tried to walk, and then I fell because my knees were still were embedded in the bed. And when I fell forward, my hand touched my leg just under the knee on the shin, and then I caught myself with my weight, and my weight went, it felt like I broke my leg, my, my hand went through my leg, and then I could feel the softness of the mattress underneath it. And, and the two aliens are trying to help me, they're helping me wait. I actually have to wait out of bed. I'm kind of freaked out because I'm looking down at the bed, and I can't see my knees because they're embedded in the bed. Mm. But they walk me out of the bed like you'd walk out of a pond of water, and and they said, you're fine here. And they said, look, you can move to solid matter here. You know, I said, there's no solid matter here. And this is a place that the people, your world and the people are, world are going to meet. We're safe from diseases or physical violence. And you can move to so, solid matter. So don't worry. Ronnie, we're going to freak out. Yeah, Ronnie, we're going to, we're going to, we're almost out of time. We have about 30 seconds left. Um, so have they been visited since that particular encounter? No. That no, was the last they, time. At the end of the visit, they just told me that. They had me leap back onto my body, and it felt like I fell five feet. Wow! It just sucked me back did in. Did you um? Did do, do you have any idea why they've chosen you for all of this? I think that from the encounters, they follow me home and they watch mm-hmm. me, and and I just guess they right place at the right time. Person of interest, right? Right place at the right time. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, where can people get a hold of the book? Uh, you can get it on Barnes and Noble. It's on Amazon. I think it's even at Walmart uh, right now. It's an ebook, and every time something else happens, I add chapters to the book. Nice, nice. Well, we'll have to have you back on the program, Ronnie, because we're out of time now, and we only got about halfway through the things we wanted oh, yeah, to. Yeah, lots to the story. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for being here, Ronnie. It's always a pleasure. Great to have you back. Uh, thank you, Jerry. All right, that's going to do it for tonight. Tomorrow night, of course, a best of program. Everybody have a great weekend. Make sure you return on Monday. If you download the program, make sure you like it on iTunes. It's Beyond Reality Radio. I'm JV. Thanks for being here tonight. Appreciate you coming along. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by JV Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.